0: Welcome to EPP Bonus episode number 263 of Real Ghost Stories Online as we continue our EPP series of going through and giving you the first listen to our audiobook, Real Ghost Stories Haunting Encounters Told by Real People. This week, we pick up where we left off as we continue going through the audiobook exclusively for EPPs. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. For most, college is a time of firsts, but for some, it's a time of lasts. Students can leave college in a cap and gown or on a trip to the ER with the knowledge that they are not really invincible, or they can choose to leave and return home due to being overwhelmed with emotion and pressure. Sadly, they don't always leave among the living. The energy expelled during these events must go somewhere, but it never truly leaves. But where does it go? Who does it follow? What does it inhabit? As we learn in so many stories in universities all over the world, there is no simple answer to these questions. In this story, we learn about an energy that lingers around a college campus with a habit of toying with the employees charged with keeping the ground safe and sanitary. Our friend Green shares this story. This is a story about experiences at a college I worked at, a college located in what some would call an old college town. It straddles the line between stuck in the turn of the century and begrudgingly modern, but in no fascinating way. The atmosphere and tendencies of the locals seem to fit that description, too. The college, for its part, does well at trying to be an entity unto itself in the sleepy town. However, for all of its efforts, the very raw and visceral emotions that arise at the college seem to trap more than one school's fair share of specters, which appear to wait in the night. To me, it always made sense that the school would be haunted. The college is not merely a building, but rather a nexus. A nexus for which new life events can happen for people who just months ago were considered to be children, but are now adults. And young adults feel on such deep levels and see the world in such bright prisms of possibilities for themselves and the world around them that it only stands to reason that high energy would get soaked up into the limestone foundations and porous walls in which these people live. So it fits that, with nearly 50 years of a quickly changing world under its belt, the school is ripe with energy and activity. I work in the main campus building, one of the oldest and busiest on campus. Most of the general education classes take place in this building from 7 a.m. until nearly 10 p.m. and there is a relatively new theater in my building that was renovated about six years ago. The library, student advisor offices, professor's offices, suites and computer labs are scattered throughout the building. It can easily take on the feeling of a labyrinth for the unfamiliar. When I started working for the college at the top of the year, I did not encounter anything ghostly, just picked up on energies. They are, as you can suspect, chaotic in their inconsistencies. However, by the spring of that year, I started hearing unusual female voices conversating indistinctly way after closing. Sometimes in my peripheral vision, I would see people. However, my first full-bodied apparition was encountered during spring break when we were assigned to give the restrooms the most thorough and backbreaking cleaning imaginable. Innumerable gallons of water are used in this process, and we exert a notable amount of physical energy. My colleague on this assignment was getting a fresh start on the restroom next to the one I was finishing up, and by this time the campus was closed to everyone. While cleaning one of the stalls, I saw a woman who could have stepped right out of the late 70s or very early 80s walk past the doorway. She had almost strawberry blonde hair in the Farrah Fawcett style. She wore a silk rainbow top and high-waisted turquoise pants. She did not acknowledge my presence in any way, just merely walked. I heard the clicking of her heels as she walked by. A door leading to the back parking lot sits right next to this restroom, and I heard that door open. I went to make sure the door latched as we were closed, and I saw neither her nor any vehicle drive off. In my gut, I knew she was a ghost. Sometime later, my colleague and I were splitting up the restrooms again, but for routine cleaning, I had the woman's and he had the men's. He walked in looking perturbed. He wasn't one to get too excited about anything, but on that day, he looked angry with me. He asked me what I wanted. I looked at him blankly and a little perturbed myself for being torn away from my task for presumably a game. I responded, nothing. Why do you ask? His face contorted inquisitively. He said, you didn't bang on the walls? The restrooms share a wall for plumbing. I replied, no, are you messing with me? As serious as he could, he implored that he thought I was messing with him and wanted me either to say what I wanted or not to try to spook him. I insisted to the contrary that I was not and had not tried to frighten him. Our shift runs from 3 p.m. to midnight, and the cleaning for the restrooms is often the very last part of the shift, so it is not uncommon for us to be in the thick of it around 11 p.m., And it seems this would be a bit of a theme in the coming years. Later that year, an area fair or festival will be taking place. It was the last day or two before closing. The college's parking lot runs to the state fairgrounds. This often caused confusion and misunderstanding with the out-of-town fairgoers who associate our campus with the event itself. We are completely separate, but as a result, by 5 p.m., we sometimes lock the doors to keep the drunks and campers from stumbling into the building. They tend to have a bad habit of spreading all kinds of bodily fluids in the bathrooms. On this particular night, I was making my rounds at about 11 p.m. to double-check all the doors and make sure that they were locked and that nobody had wandered into the building. One of the entryways is for handicapped accessibility. This door is adjacent to the rear entrance of the Black Box Theater double doors. There's a thin strip of space between the double doors that allows some light to shine through. Walking past them to check this handicapped entrance, I noticed nothing out of the ordinary. But as I casually walked past after confirming the entrance was locked, I saw that the lights in the black box were on. My colleague liked trying to spook me. I assumed this was a poor prank on his part. I opened the doors and saw the front entrance of the theater shutting lazily. I ran to the other side, thinking I'd be able to catch him and rub in how weak his effort was. The front entrance is attached to a narrow corridor that has the benefactor's names on one wall and a montage of 40 years of student actors on the other. The entrance door to this wall and this hall was shut. The light was on, however, I ran and burst through the door, suspecting my colleague would be on the other side waiting to yell boo. He wasn't there. I looked left. Nobody. I looked right. Nobody. I walked to the back end of the building where the bathrooms are, and he was standing at the back entrance. Thoroughly engrossed in a conversation with an acquaintance of his. About a year later, going into autumn, we were once again cleaning these restrooms and stopped to take a break. Outside of the women's restroom, we heard something like a moaning coming from inside. We both heard it. I knocked on the door. Custodian, anyone in here? Silence. Silence. Nobody was there. By spring of that year, the weird noises and peripheral forms had become white noise to me. But on three occasions this year, some heavier activity happened that spooked me, a culmination of which was just this past week. My colleague was replaced with an older gentleman in spring, and he was far less sociable. But to his credit, he'd do the work you asked him to do. And as sure as spring came, we had been invited to detail the restrooms once more. Now my new colleague wore this brown pair of sketcher shoes and blue jeans. Always. I was scrubbing the tile in the stalls and around the urinals while I had him siphoning the water and suds from the disinfectant on the floor. While cleaning in the stall, I saw his feet and his jeans beneath the stall wall, but he wasn't siphoning. To be fair, the man didn't always play with a full deck, and I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. Is he taking a leak right now? Despite having had all the ghostly activity in that building, I still believed he was pissing on my clean floor and urinals before I thought anything else. I rounded the corner to reprimand him, and to my surprise, he wasn't even in the restroom. I was alone. Thankfully for me, by summer, he felt he was better off retired than trucking along as a custodian. So I got a new colleague. She was an immigrant from the Ukraine. She and I kicked off a real good relationship and worked together most of the time. On occasion, we would meander into the library to have a much-needed coffee break or water break. Now, the library has its own set of issues, but the one thing I can say that raises my hair is the theft detection system the library uses. It senses a magnetic chip that all the books have in them. If the book, movie, game, or anything else the library offers has not been properly checked out, the sensors by the three entrances will go off. It does not have a built-in testing system. It cannot be controlled from the circulation desk. It is very basic equipment, and it is reactory. You walk through the magnet, and it buzzes at you. On one particular evening, yes, once again, around 11 p.m., the alarm sounded at us. My colleague and I were talking about your podcast, Real Ghost Stories Online. She jumped. She asked what made that noise, and I explained it to her. I said, that's the strange thing and how this happens, but not to worry about it. Joking, I added, it's probably our ghost. Without fail, the buzzer went off immediately. She latched hold of my arm, and we shuffled off. The ultimate, however, was this week's event. She was in the men's restroom cleaning while I was by the water fountain, cleaning and polishing it. I hear her talking and laughing, but I'm not paying much attention. I figure she's on the phone with one of her children. No big deal. And minutes later, she yells, Oh, hush. By about this point, I'm finished with the water fountain and go to the restroom where she is to inquire whom she's speaking with. She wasn't on her phone. She gave me a strange smile and somewhat timid look and said, Don't mess with me. I'm not in the mood to be scared. I looked equally perplexed now. I retort, I don't know what you're talking about. I heard you talking and laughing. I figured you were on your phone. In kind, she responded, no. I was telling you about how Zach scared me last week and made me scream, so I was laughing about it while retelling you. Shocked, now, I said, I never asked you about that. I was cleaning the water fountain. She looked very unnerved. She said, you were speaking to me from around the corner. You asked me about how I got scared last week. Are you trying to frighten me now? I looked at her in the eyes and promised, I love joking with you, but I'm telling you, I wasn't speaking at all. So it seemed a disembodied voice communicated with my colleague using my voice somehow. She was shaken to the core. I didn't go anywhere without me the rest of the week. That's going to wrap up the preview portion of this EPP bonus episode of real ghost stories online in the full episode. We continue going through our book and hear one hell of a story of a man that decides to investigate a cemetery. And it is an investigation story like no other I have ever heard in the thousand some episodes that we have done on this show. It's still one of the most haunting. It's a story where he returns many times to one specific location, one specific building in a cemetery. It haunts him, his friends, family members over many, many years. It is probably one of the best graveyard ghost stories you will ever hear. To listen to it in its entirety, become an extra podcast person and EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com and enjoy the episode. Until next time, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.